0: Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. I want to talk to you about a Merry Christmas. Not a Merry, M-E-R-R-Y, but a Merry Christmas. Because had it not been for Merry, we wouldn't be celebrating this thing we call Christmas. And I want you to learn about the four people in, and around Mary's life, or the three people, including Mary, around her life that made her what she was and the things that took place. And in, in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, if you would stand with me, and as you're turning your Bibles to Luke uh, chapter 1, we're actually going to look at verse 30, uh, 37. I want you to notice something that takes place here. Mary, uh, according to traditions around 13 or 14 years old when this happens, She's engaged to be married to a man by the name of Joseph. And in those days, the way they worked engagements is that engagement was as, as binding as marriage. You, you were you, you had the it was binding as that we're married. But you didn't have the friends benefits of marriage until uh, the bridegroom showed up. And I'll talk to you about that in a bit. An angel shows up after she gets engaged to this guy by the name of Joseph. And the angel shows up and says, Greetings. What up? He says, he shows up and he tells her, Mary, greetings. Blessed are you among women. You are highly favored. In other words, what he was saying is, Mary, God likes you. How many parents are in the house right now? Come on, any parents in the house? How many of you know that you love your kids? How many of you know you don't always like them? It's a start. It's kind of strange. You you love them. You always love them, but you don't always like what they do. And so but what God's telling Mary is not only does God love you because he's God, he loves you, but he likes you as well. And God found favor with Mary. And so he says, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you and you're going to conceive a child and you're going to name his name Jesus. He's going to become the savior of the world. And she responds, how can this be? For I've never known a man. I haven't had relationships with the man. And the angel responds to her with verse 37. He says, for nothing is impossible with God. For nothing is impossible. I'm speaking to someone right now. You're going through a tough situation. And I need you to understand that there's nothing impossible with God. Nothing impossible with God. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want you to know that Mary teaches us something called faith and courage. Mary teaches us faith and courage in the midst of troubled times. You see, in those days when a man came and offered to marry a young lady, they would come up with the price, and the father would determine the price of that daughter. It wasn't selling her But it was acknowledging that there's a certain value on that relationship, on that daughter. Come on, somebody. And so if we still did that today, I guarantee you there would be less divorces. Why? Because I just paid 25 grand for you. We're not breaking up until I get my money out of you. I just gave up. I, I just gave up for Mercedes. I just got done giving a house up. I got done giving half of my stock, my four hundred and one k, in order to marry you. I'm not jumping out of this thing that fast until we. Well, we're not giving up because I invested something into you. And in those days, they would, they would work out a price, 10 cows or you know 15 cows or whatever. And so they would work out the price. And after they came into an agreement with, the, the daughter was informed that this is going to be your husband. And she, she understood that. But she wouldn't go with him because the husband would then go and build the house. And as the husband built the house and prepared the house for him, the bride didn't know when the bridegroom was going to come get her. So she always had to be ready. Whether she was making tortillas with flour, she would have to be ready that as soon as I hear the bridegroom coming, I'd have to go change and get ready in my wedding dress because he's here. They always had to be prepared. And so here they would go, they'd get it ready. And when the house was ready, the bridegroom would call the father. The father would come of the the bride and he would check the house out and make sure that it's up to standard for his daughter. Dad's protected their daughter. They determined where their daughter was going to be spending their lives and said, wait, wait, a minute. this isn't, you know, I know my girl, she's a diva. She ain't going to put up with this hut. You're going to have to add another wing. You're going to have to add another bathroom. You're going to have to do something because she she's she got a social life. She got things going on here. And so she she they, they're, they're working things out there. Then they would show up in the procession. All the people in the wedding were excited. They would show up, and the bride was the last one to know. And that's exactly what Jesus said he's doing with us. Behold, I go and prepare a place for you, that where I'm at, there you may be also. We're the bride of Christ. Jesus went to go make a, prepare a place for us, and when the Heavenly Father approves of it, he'll come back and get his bride, the church. And we have to be ready. You'll get that later. But I want you to understand the fact that she said yes to God was literally saying yes to death as well. Because when God showed up and said, Mary, I'm going to overshadow you. You're going to have a child. Mary understands I'm already engaged. And if I end up showing and having a child, they can kill me. So Mary was literally taking her life into her hands by saying yes to God. I want you to understand that Mary took a risk. And many times in our lives, we're afraid to take a risk because of what people might think of us, what other people might say. What are they going to say if I do this? What are they going to say if I do that? But I want you to understand, Mary understood that when we risk big, we also have opportunity for a bigger reward. Uh, There's some of you right now that your marriage is on on the rocks and you're you're holding on to a marriage because God gave you a promise that he was going to restore it. But you're thinking, what are people going to say? What are my family going to say? If I hold on to this thing while people are talking, stop worrying about what other people think and start focusing in on the promise God gave you. Come on, say it again, Pastor Dan. So many of us are worried about what other people think, that we're missing out on a great opportunity in God. I want you to see what happens, that she she risks something. And what Mary teaches me is simply this. This young lady took her life into her hands. When she says yes to God and in the process, I want to ask you this question. What risk must you take in order to deliver Jesus to others? What risk are we taking to deliver Jesus? You see, the purpose isn't to carry Jesus. The purpose was to deliver him. Do, do, listen, let me ask you this. Do we celebrate Christmas because of the fact, now everyone gets real, real tripped out, especially the religious wackos, that uh, Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. Wow, really? What we're doing is we're just celebrating his birth. It might not be on that day, but we recognize that Jesus was born. Whether it was in July, whether it was in June, whether it was in October, we chose December 25th as the day we celebrate, we commemorate that day. We're not saying this is the exact day. Come on, somebody. But we're celebrating because we're not celebrating when the angel, listen to me, we're not celebrating when the angel visited Mary. Why? Because it's not about the conception. It's about the delivery. Yeah. No, 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 no! You're, 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 you missed it. Let, let me, let, don't even clap because that, that sucked. I want, want you to understand something. Let, let me put it to you this way. That, let, me, let me break it down to you this way. Because we don't celebrate the fact that Mary conceived Jesus. We celebrate the fact that she delivered him. And so what am I talking about? I'm telling you this. Many of us get all excited about the fact that we've accepted Christ. Big deal. It's not about you accepting Christ. Have you delivered him to anyone? Hang in there, homie. Hang in there. That's all good. I mean, have you delivered? Have you given him to anyone? Have you shared them with? It's not about just getting your ticket to heaven and getting to heaven. It's about delivering Jesus to a family that's in need, to the homeless under the bridge. It's about those that are addicted. It's about going out and beginning to share Christ with those in need. It's not enough for me to receive Christ. I have to deliver him. So my question, what do we have to risk in order to deliver Christ to others? The second people I want, person I want to talk about is Joseph. Joseph was the man. You got to be a big man to deal with with a situation like that. Joseph finds out that his, his fiance is pregnant. And the whole city knows about it. They're, they're whispering. They didn't even have social media back then. But yet it got around, and here they're dealing with this fact that this young lady, the woman that he loves, that that he's been building. Now listen to me. I've invested in this thing. I took time to build a house for you. I took time to buy you. I took time to to come into an agreement with your dad. I went through all this, and now you're going to do this to me, Mary? And notice what happens. I want you to take a look in Matthew chapter 1, verse 19. It says, Joseph chagrined. Now, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, okay? The King James, he doesn't say that, but he, he's, he's embarrassed. And Gentlemen, I need you to understand that many times men get embarrassed and then they lash out. It's out of embarrassment, out of hurt that we respond. But gentlemen, we got to learn how to be men. A true man knows that even in the midst of being embarrassed, he was honorable. Look what it says, chagrin, but noble. What happens to me doesn't determine me. What happens through me does. And many times, well, they got me mad. They did this. They, did, they didn't do anything. You allowed it to happen. And as men, we have to learn how to do something Joseph did. Every father, every husband, and something I'm still learning, that we have to learn how to cover our family. Now, notice what, what happens. It says, and determined to take care of things Quietly. If it had been any other dude that Mary was about to marry, he would have found it on Instagram, on Facebook, Snapchat. It would have been all over social media. Look at what this girl did to me. This girl did this. This girl did that. He would have put it all over the place. But because Joseph was a man of honor, because he loved her, he operated with nobility we got to get some men that start recognizing what it is to be noble once again. Amen, amen, amen. She hurt me, so I went out on her. What? Are you in kindergarten? Well, they touched me first. No, they touched me first. Well, he hit me. He hit, and so we do the same thing in marriage. She hurt me, so I'm going to hurt her. Grow up. You're, the, you're supposed to be Christ in the marriage. You're supposed to be God. You're supposed to be a representation of Jesus in that marriage. He says, "Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her." So as long as you have breath, you haven't given your all yet. Say it again, pastor. Husbands, it's time to grow up. It's time to operate with nobility. And so, to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. Oh, come on. He didn't want anyone talking about her. He didn't want anyone put in in spite of what was going on. You know, Mary gets all the the credit for delivering Jesus. But you know what? Had Joseph lost his temper, Jesus would have never been born. Mm -hmm. Because she would have been stoned. She would have been killed, and they would have ended up killing the baby that was inside of her. What does Joseph teach me? Joseph teaches me how to look for the good in people. And one of the things we need to learn to do is Joseph believed the best in and of people. He looked at individuals, and he believed the best in them. And many of us have been so damaged in life that whenever we see people, we see people through lenses of offense lenses of hurt lenses of pain and so no matter what happens we're always attacking other people because of the lenses that we have on if you're always wearing sunglasses everything always looks dark until you take the sunglasses off and realize the sun's shining and some of us need to remove those lenses he took a chance on mary because he loved her he loved this girl Otherwise, he wouldn't have gone through what he did for her, but he obeyed because he loved God. The angel shows up and tells him, Joseph, listen, don't, don't, don't trip. Take Mary as your wife, for this is a God thing. Now, 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 gentlemen, listen to me very closely. Your girlfriend comes and tells you that the Holy Spirit overshadowed her and that she hasn't been with the man. And somehow the Spirit of God came over her and she is having a baby. That's a one and done deal. That prophecy was a one-and-done deal, okay? That prophecy been fulfilled already, okay? God is not sending another Savior through immaculate conception to anyone else. So, you know, you may have been born again, but you weren't born yesterday, all right? So I'm just helping a brother out right now, okay? My question to you from Joseph is simply this. How or who can we see the best in in order to help them deliver Jesus to the world? You see, when I believe in someone that no one else believes in, I give them the opportunity for Christ to not only be conceived in them, but to deliver Christ to others. And if Joseph had gotten mad, he could have had Mary killed, and that conception never would have been brought to deliverance. And it wasn't about carrying him, it was about delivering him. And yet Joseph's covering and his ability to believe the best in people allowed Mary to keep on living and to provide a place for him to grow. For Jesus to be, grow up. Number three. I'm almost done. Hang with me. In fact, Vivi, why don't you help me out? People, whenever they hear music playing, they feel like the preacher's about to end. And bring, bring a little peace to their hearts this morning. Take a look at at uh, Matthew chapter two, verse eight. The wise men is what I want to talk to you about next. Now, I want you to keep in mind these are not religious folks. These guys were not, we call them wise men, but really what they were were astrologers. They were uh, of their time. They they studied the stars, scientists, if you would, of their time. And what's a trip is this. Notice God doesn't go to the religious folks when he reveals himself. He goes to those that studied. These guys were studious. They were studying the stars. They were, they were looking for truths. And as they were sinking, all of a sudden, the star shows up out of nowhere. And they're like, wait a minute. We, we, th- that's not in our charts. That star's never been there before. Then they begin to go back into history and begin to look into other other avenues. And as they begin to study, they heard the rumor about a Messiah that was going to be born. And so they start researching, they start digging deep. And as they do so, they come to find out that there's a prophecy about a Messiah that's going to be born in Bethlehem. They identify that that star is literally right over the city of Bethlehem. And so they start a trek from there, where they are, all the way across, with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and they go across looking for this king that is about to be born. And they have a goal. I want you to understand something when we take a look at this. Matthew twenty-eight or Matthew two, verse eight says this. Then he told them about the prophecy. They get, they find uh, the king Herod, and King Herod tells them this, and said, "Go find this child." And leave no stone unturned. And as soon as you find him, send word and I will join you in worshiping at once. Let me share this, quote, this statistic with you real quick before we close. Only two out of 100 people will reach their goal. And over 23% of people won't even develop a goal or know what they're heading for in life. We just got to get up, go to work. Go to bed, get up, go to work, go to bed. And we're just trying to make a living. You were never called to make a living. You were called to make a difference. Yeah. And so I want you to understand what, what's taking place here. They, they well, 23% don't even know that the... The wise men, what they do is they determine they, where they're going, and on their way to get there to where Jesus is at, or this kings going to be born, on their way there, they get distracted by a king, another king. They get distracted by other things, but they stayed on point. I want you to understand that the wise men had a goal. but it's not enough to have a goal. At the beginning of the year, every one of us had a resolution. You say, "No, I didn't pass it down." Well, that was your resolution not to have a resolution. Some of you had no plan. It's okay to have a goal, but if you don't have a plan to get to that goal, well, I, I want to, you know, as the first of the year, I want to be free from, from uh, you know, I'm going to get in shape. But you have no plan. First of the year, I'm going to break all addictions, but you have no plan. As a result, when you don't have a plan, you, you're not, you really don't have a plan to succeed. The, the wise men had a, they were following the star and they, they didn't allow themselves to get distracted by other things around them. I'm here to tell you this morning, I'm here to, to, to grab your, your attention very quickly and get you to understand what or who is distracting you from your goal. Who's distracting you from your goal this morning? Who's getting you off point? Who are the people that are getting your attention and pulling you from different directions? And it might be that young lady that's trying to pull you from your marriage, that man at work that's trying to get you off track in your marriage. It might be that donut shop that you drive by on the way to work when you're on the driving to the gym in the morning. There are things that are out there that are trying to get your attention. It might be that flat screen TV that you see while you're trying to get out of debt. I'm here to tell you what or who is just dist- Distracting you from those things in life. You got to understand if I want to reach my goal, I got to get rid of those distractions. Come on, somebody. Lastly, lastly, the shepherds. I think it's so cool with these shepherds, man, because listen, if the greatest musician is about to be born, wouldn't you make that announcement at like a Carnegie Hall, or the Op Grand Ole Opry in, you know, in Nashville, or, 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 or even uh, great artists that's going to come out, you know, R and B artists can probably end up at the at uh, what's that one place, um, the Apollo? Yeah, why, why, why not at the Apollo? If you're going to have the great world's uh, you know, you're getting ready to, to, to produce the greatest politician to ever live, wouldn't you make that announcement in Washington, D.C.? If you're about to have the greatest lawyer or the greatest uh, judge be born, wouldn't you make that announcement at the uh, Supreme Court? The greatest athlete with the Oakland Raiders? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you do... Why are you guys laughing? But you 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 would make the announcement in certain, but when when they announce that Jesus is coming, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, they don 't do it to the religious folks they go to a to a field where shepherds are, and they announce to these shepherds that a king is coming, and the king has just been born in Bethlehem. Now, I want you to understand something look in Luke chapter two verse eight that night the shepherds were having were, were laying or staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them with the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounding them. And the angel visits them in their field. I want you to know that God will visit you in your field. Let me, let me try that again. God will visit you in your field. Whatever field you work in. Whether it's electronics, plumbing, whether it's in carpentry, whether it's in, in the auto industry, whether it's with computers, God will show up in your field. Yeah. Whatever field you're in, whatever place you're in, God shows up and makes his announcement. The announcement's not just for those in the White House. It's for those in the outhouse as well. Yeah. It's an announcement for everyone. And so he comes, the angel shows up in their field. And I want you to notice Well, why shepherds? I want you to recognize shepherds watch over what? Sheep. Sheep. Now, if you wanted to get right with God in those days, what was instituted? What did you have to do in order to pay for your sins in those days? Sacrifice a sheep. So the shepherds were very astute to the sacrificial system. They knew the sacrificial system. They were familiar with the way redemption takes place. And so that's why God shows up to the shepherds and he tells them this is what's about to happen. And the shepherds get up, and I want you to notice they seize the opportunity. Someone follow me right now. Look with me here in verse 15 and 16. And as the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the shepherds talked it over. Look what happens. Let's go over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. Then they left. Somebody say left. Running and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. I'm here to tell you something. That when God shows up, we got to understand what things must, must we leave in order to find Jesus. What things do we have to leave? What things do we have to run from? See, I want you to understand, as much as they love watching over sheep, they knew that this was an opportunity. Who was going to watch the sheep? That wasn't their concern right now. They needed to find Jesus. They needed to go find where the Savior was at. And the moment you get tired of worrying about what everything else is going on around you, you get tired of having to be concerned of other things, the moment that you making Jesus or finding Jesus is the most important thing in your life, then and only then are you ready for breakthrough so my last question to you this morning is simply this what things do you have to leave behind in order to find Jesus it's just there's some things that are connected that we got to get rid of come on folks how can you call we call ourselves christians Christ-like when we got so many things attached to us that that don't even look like Jesus. We got attitudes that don't reflect him. We We got gossip that doesn't reflect him. We got bitterness that doesn't reflect him. We got anger issues that don't reflect him. We got prejudice that doesn't reflect him. We have a responsibility to look like Jesus. What things do you need to leave behind? This Christmas season, don't just conceive Christ by accepting Him. Deliver Jesus and have a true Christmas. Bow your heads. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.